Before we start the show, I want to tell you about Marketing Against the Grain, hosted by Kip Bodner and Kieran Flanagan, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Hosts and HubSpot CMO and Senior Vice President of Marketing, Kip Bodner and Kieran Flanagan, share their marketing expertise like nobody else, unfiltered and sparing no details. Some recent episodes you should check out include Why Creators Are Disrupting Marketing, Framework Thinking for Success, and half-baked marketing ideas. Kind of interested in that one. If you want to know what's happening right now in marketing, what's on the horizon, and how you can lead the way, listen to Marketing Against the Grain wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week on the show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Well, today we're going to talk about not a part of the airplane. We're going to talk about the airplane. You have been running or leading or or integrally involved in a company for a long time, and you have the opportunity to buy it. How do you do that, though? And should you do that? Should you go start a company that looks just like it and not pay them anything? You know, what should you do? How much is the company actually worth? How should you structure the finances of it? What should you do if you buy it? Who do you need to hire if you buy it? Today, we're talking to Ray Martindale, whose boss has come to him and said, I want to sell you the company, and has made him an offer. We're talking about buying the entire airplane. You're buying the cockpit, the wings, the right-left engine, fuel tanks. You're buying the body of this airplane. You're buying the airplane. Should you? Well, let's find out. Here's my conversation with Ray Martindale. Ray Martindale, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Well, you're 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 in a unique position, and it's a, a position that I think probably some of our listeners uh, are either in, or they could be in, and they don't even know it yet. Meaning, they could actually go to their boss and say, "I want to buy this company." Your boss has come to you and said, "Would you like to buy the company?" And you are in the process of deciding what you want to do. So I, I think there's a lot of people who are sort of excited about this because they're wondering, how much should I pay? How do I finance it? What's the company actually worth? Is there a way around this? Is there something else I can do? And so forth and so on. I thought if we have an open discussion, you and I are going to give people a lot of great perspective on this important decision. Will you tell us what you do? And I, I, I don't want you to name the company because that's you know sort of inside information, but what you do, what the company does and why it's appealing for you to buy it. Yeah, uh, it's a video post-production company. So we provide video services uh, from production to post-production. Meaning what? You do editing of... So yeah, we'll we'll do uh, pre-production marketing strategy. Um, So we'll develop uh, initial concepting uh, around whatever the strategy is that they've either previously developed or one that we'll develop for them in conjunction with, you know, say a print campaign that they have going on or something of that nature. So is it all marketing? Are these all marketing videos? Uh, For the most part, we do a lot of industrials. uh, But yeah, it's it's usually uh, marketing. There's a little bit of narrative to it, but for the most part, what pays the bills is is definitely marketing video service. Are these commercials that you're making? Are they documentaries? Are they Facebook ads? 
Yeah, there, um, there's a lot of different deliverables. We do broadcast and web primarily. It's for essentially academic, healthcare, uh, manufacturing, just kind of go through the whole slew there. Essentially, we have pockets of clients in each one of those industries. And then they have essentially year-to-year deliverables that they like to turn over, whether it's a chairman's report video or a new broadcast campaign that they're working on. Ray, what do you do for the company? What's your job? In the last couple of years, I've been uh, entered into a non-equity partnership. What does that mean? What's a non-equity partnership mean that you're getting like phantom uh, percentage of phantom profit? I'm essentially getting profit, yeah, off of uh, our percentage of the uh, revenue from profit, net profit only after, you know, all of our gross expenses are taken care of. Okay. Essentially, my partner, and this is a little bit of the unique situation, has uh, gone off in the last year because he's uh, working on developing a platform for a show that he's putting together. Uh, so he sold all of his worldly possessions. He's been out on the road for the last year shooting a, you know, lifestyle type uh, content that he owns hopes to produce. Uh, He's kind of discovered through this journey in the last year while I was running day-to-day operations, um, essentially that he wants to kind of throw himself completely into that and doesn't really want to work uh, as much on the commercial side of his business. Uh, Therefore, that's why he's selling it. What I did was essentially produce, production manage, creative direct, post-produce. We're a small boutique place. We've had a few employees. We had those employees kind of leave over COVID. Uh, in the last uh, few months here, it's been sort of like a survival situation. And as far as our staffing needs go, uh, financially speaking, it's fine. But we haven't really filled any of those positions since then. So it's been a lot of freelance. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically running the company already. Yes. He un- he understands that. Sounds like he doesn't really want to come back, but he wants to make some money off of it uh, because it is something that he built and he has some uh, you know some assets there that are worth something. Do you mind sharing actual numbers? Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Yeah, top fair. line revenue is what per year? Gross uh, revenue is three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so we're not talking about you know a huge company. We're talking about something really realistic. And then uh, your profit within that revenue is what? It's ranged. Obviously, COVID's uh, you know had its turn on us too, but it's somewhere usually between twenty and sixty thousand. So twenty and sixty thousand dollars profit. That's after you are paid and correct. After does he get a salary or he just get profit? He does. He draws salary. Okay, so he draws salary, and that's part of that. Mm-hmm. So he's been drawing salary for a little while without really contributing to the bottom line. Is that true? Agreed upon. Yes. Uh, you know, he's done five to ten hours per week. I would say on average with some of the day to day ops of stuff that I, he has either not given me the responsibility of doing or doesn't want to. Yeah. Uh, so there's some bookkeeping stuff and some other things that he's not doing. But yeah, I mean, it's fair to say for the most part that you know ninety percent of the company's operation is done by me. Okay, that's good to hear. And then, uh, do you mind me asking, we haven't named him or the company, so this isn't personal information. Mm-hmm. Approximately, what is his salary? What's he taking? I think he's taking 50000 was what he took last year. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not bad. And he's, you know, he's brought in business, and there's, uh, there's clients that are there likely because of him, so that's not a bad you know, commission for him. Okay, normally what you would do is you would, you would take the, the $20,000 profit you might add the 50 to it, so you're dealing with $70,000 profit, and you do a multiple to evaluate the company. You do something like 70 times a company like this, probably four to eight. Multiples get much larger when there are two things, when there are subscription services and when it's software-based. 
you are neither subscription service or software based. So you're going to be on the low end of the multiple range. And so, you know, one of the things that I would tell him if you wanted to buy this company, and it's a big if because I'm going to ask you some questions later that may prevent you from wanting to buy this company. I think a good offer to him would be something like, I will pay you $50,000 a year to do nothing for four and a half years. Okay. So if essentially you're going to buy this company for $225,000, you're going to buy him out. Now, the question is, if you pay him $225,000, and again, you don't have to pay it now, you're going to pay it over the next 4.5 years. Or you could actually say, uh, or I'll give you 185 right now as a flat fee. And that means you're going to have to go to a bank and get a loan against the business. Okay. So now the question is, here's the big question. Let's say you do 185 now or 225 later. If you do 185, it's a little better for you because even with the interest on the loan, it's not going to hit 225. You're also going to want to get some sort of line of credit or something like that, let you do that and pay it off as quickly as possible. Well, before, before we go a little bit too far into this, yeah. uh, uh, just so we can save some time here, there has been an offer made to me, which is actually um, one I find to be extremely reasonable as part of the reason why. Is it lower I than what I mentioned? Yes. Oh, that's great then. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you mind me asking what that is? 60K over 12 months or 50K over seven. Oh my gosh. I know. No, that's a, that's a great offer. And I will tell you this, I think he is hopefully never listens to this podcast. He's undervalued the company, maybe. So let me ask you some questions. So, so man, I would do the 60 over 12 months or the 50 if you can afford it in seven months. I think that's really great. Only if, and here's the big if, is there equipment that you're getting with the company that would cost you, you know, 50 or $70,000? That's one. Second, is there a, is there a book of business? That is, are there clients that come with the company that you could not go start a company and earn those clients right away because they're, they're just used to going to your website. They're used to calling the number and they're used to placing an order. Is that true on both counts? Yeah. So there is equipment I'm getting. I would say I'm going to be taking a small part of what I would consider to be the equity amount of equipment in the purchase. Because he's going to keep most of the equipment? Or? Yeah. And I think that might be part of the, the why the evaluation is a little bit lower. But also, again, too, he's in a place where he's freely admitting like, I want to pursue other things. My heart isn't in it. Well, and he's seeing the writing on the wall. He's seeing yeah. he's saying you're not going to last much longer paying him X amount right. of dollars. And he's probably made fifty thousand dollars over the last several years without feeling like he's done much at all. So he's probably got a little bit of what the company's worth in the past. And again, it's not like a very reasonable offer to me too, which is why uh, I was trying to figure it out. And yes, clients do come with that. And I have an NCA with him now that would prevent me from doing startup business with them immediately if we were to part ways. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, this is sounding like a really good deal. Let me ask you another question. Do, do you want to keep, do you want to stay in this line of work? Do you have a, a five-year vision to make this thing go from $300,000 a year to a million dollars a year? Does that sound exciting? It does sound exciting. I don't think I'm interested in being a one-man team. It's a lot for one person to be able to handle all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think I am excited about this company and developing that vision. Well, I, I think you want to view this the way you want to go into it. First of all, I would do the deal. I don't think there's any debate. You're getting a great deal. I would do okay. it tomorrow because the longer you wait to do the deal, you're paying him the same amount anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if like you what you say, let me think about it for six months. You've just given them six months that you could have been buying out the company, right? And so I think you should do it ASAP. If you need to do 12 months, do it. 
Uh, you could also say, you know, look, I'm not going to do six months. I'm going. I'm not going to do, uh, you know, twelve months or seven months. I'm going to do one month, and I'll give you forty five thousand mm-hmm. immediately and go get a loan. And that way, you're done with that. But th- the way I would view this deal and the way I would structure it is, I would pretend, Ray. I would do a little bit of creativity here, and I would pretend that you are actually not currently working at the company, mm-hmm. and you are buying this like an outsider. And what that means is you're looking for places where you can extract even more value or give more value to customers in exchange for more revenue. So you know, if I'm flipping houses, what I would do is I'd go into a house, I'd say, okay, this house is foreclosed, so I'm going to get it $100,000 under what the the actual value is. But the very first thing that I want to do is go ahead and increase and maybe double the existing value of the house anyway. And we know that houses become more valuable when you do two things. You fix the kitchen and you fix the bathrooms. So if we can make the kitchen nice, we're going to throw in some counters. We're going to replace this old toilet. We're going to put tile in here. I've got $23,000 into the kitchen and bathroom, but I bought the house for two fifty, dollars and I'm going to sell it for five hundred. So let's talk about what the the version of that is from an outside perspective of this particular company. And so here's what I would do that you're probably not doing. And if you're not doing it, it's fantastic for you because once you start doing it, you're going to make a lot more money, right? The first thing is an extremely clear menu of deliverables, right? So within the healthcare industry or whatever, we can make a commercial that has clip downs to cover your Facebook ads or your YouTube ads or whatever. We make internal videos that explain the mission statement of the company and the core values of the company in a way that sells them to the employees. We make them exciting. We do product description videos and usage tutorial videos that are proven to up the number of people who use your products correctly. And we put those on YouTube for you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go, okay, you really need to know how do you build a healthcare company and what videos do you need to build it? Because they're going to come to you and say, hey, our CEO wants to look at the camera and make a video for the whole team. And you're going to say, great, we'll be right there. And then you're going to sit down and you say, hey, listen, it's a great video and I love this video. Do you know there are 10 videos that really build a healthcare company? There are 10 of them. And you guys haven't made any of them, which means you can make a ton more money if you make these 10 videos. I'm going to leave you with a menu of all the videos that you can create. That, my friend, is how you build a company. You see what I'm saying? And if you're not doing that now, going from 300000 to 600000 it's going to be cake. It's going to be so easy because all people are really looking for is to connect their problem with your solution at an agreed upon price. And a lot of times you're waiting around and somebody go, okay, I got a problem. Let's see if these video people can solve it. And then they call Ray and they say, Ray, we got this problem. Can your video solve this thing? And you go, yeah. But if you actually say, no, you've got 10 problems you don't even know about. And we have 10 products that cost this much. And for you, it's, if you want to buy all of them, we're going to do it over the course of 12 months. And it's going to be $77,000 you know, in 500 bucks. And we would love to do that. That's what you're looking for. And then you can even enter into a retainer product where you say, look, we want to make these 10 videos. We're going to do it over 12 months. You can pay for each of them. That's going to be $125,000. Or if you agree to do all 12 now, it's 77.5. Give me 25% now. And then you're going to pay every month this amount of money. By the time we're done, it's 77.5. And you know, just give, make it easy for people to pay you. 
But I, I think once you figure that out and you put that stuff on your website and you have that list of deliverables, most companies don't do it. And when they do it, they are shocked at how much more money comes in. Starting from scratch, taking an idea and turning it into a business, that's what most people think an entrepreneur is. But really being an entrepreneur means doing something totally bone-shaking, soul-stirringly scary because you believe in what's beyond the fear, and that is growth. HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a secure CRM platform that actually grows with you. With all the tools and integrations you need for marketing, sales, content management, and customer service, HubSpot is ready to grow with you from a one-person show to IPO and everything in between. Ensure your team of 200 can work just as efficiently as a team of 20 with team permissions, content and asset partitioning, and SSO leverage activity logging so everyone understands exactly how a change to your site was made and knows, if need be, what actions to take to fix it. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. You want to get really specific and niche around industries, not because industries are so different, but because people really think that, you know, if you say, you know, here are the 10 videos that build a healthcare company, um, and then the exact same 10 videos, Ray, build a sh- build a shoe company. <laughs> but you don't say that. You know, you, right. you so now you go to the shoe company and say, "Well, here are the 10 videos that build a shoe company." You know, here are the 10 videos that build a- it's the same freaking videos. Video production companies to me are a cash cow and they they don't realize it. And the reason is they they act more like servants and then they do like leaders in the mm-hmm. sense that bring me your problem and I'll try to see if I they're almost like handymen. And I want to say don't be a handyman, build houses. Yeah, well, I mean, like contractors, you know, it's someone they're hired to do a job rather than supply a full service solution, which I think is what I'm hearing from you. And I think where we are trying to go. If we hired you to build an online or to film an online course and you were on set and you pulled me aside and you said, Don, I'm looking at you guys uh, online. Um, You're a best selling author and you have no YouTube strategy. You are not creating clip downs of your podcast and putting them on YouTube. And there's a key to doing that. You know, you have to use right keywords. They need to be about seven minutes long. You know, there's a strategy to do that. For $125,000 a year, I can film every one of your podcasts. I can break each recording down into about three clip downs. I can enter them on YouTube with certain keywords. And then we'll lead, we'll, we'll do an ad for a lead generator so that people will give you their email address. It's 125 grand. I'm, I'm signing with you right now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're just there's money hanging on trees, and people don't realize it. So I think you are in an extremely good position, but only if you if you look at it like somebody flipping a house and say, well, they're not they don't have a clean list of deliverables. There, uh, here's another thing: the website doesn't explain those clean lists of deliverables. And also, here's another thing: we're not accepting email addresses and 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 using a sales funnel to on ramp people onto our services. You do those three things. And it will be impossible for you not to go from 300000 to 600000 You just want to really finalize that plan and execute that plan. Okay. Now, the second question I've got for you is, are you going to be any good running a company? And so let me ask you three questions. Let me ask you, uh, well, one question that has three parts. Do you see yourself as an artist? And within the business connotation, I mean somebody who thinks about products, somebody who thinks about excellence, somebody who thinks about the, the beauty of that video 
somebody who thinks about the end product, that's that's one type of leader. These are all great leaders, by the way. The second would be the entrepreneur. And the entrepreneur is the person who does what I just did, where they're going, how do we make more money? They almost don't care what they're selling or what they're building. They're just like, how do we how do we make more money doing this? And then the third is the operator. And the operator doesn't think about products. They usually don't actually think a whole lot about how to make more money. They think about operations. They think about how to get the thing done on time so the client is satisfied and they've delivered an excellent product. They also think about teams and morale amongst teams, and they think about management and productivity. Now, uh, those are three different kinds of people. I have a lot of artists and a lot of entrepreneurs, so you can have an overlap. Where do you identify as I describe those three kinds of leaders? I think we'd probably identify most with the last one, the operations. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I would say that. And then I would say, uh, you know, obviously growing more into the first uh, one as well. But as far as being an entrepreneur, I mean, I've obviously earlier in my career, I was freelancing, but I never tried to, never bought a company before. I uh, never really was into a full-blown business that wasn't just a pass-through of myself. You know, uh, I, I'm learning more about the entrepreneurial side of it. Um, I feel like uh, I recognize good sales leads opportunities and product service offerings uh, that are going to help us overall increase our, our revenues. Let me ask you this. Do you know the difference between a good video and a bad video when you see it? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you've got enough of the artist side that you can do quality control. All right, so you've got the operations angle covered and you've got the artist angle covered uh, to some degree. Yeah. I think you couldn't be in a better position. Okay. You couldn't. I mean, if you, if you were more artist, what I was going to tell you is do not buy this company until you have an operator or at the very least a project manager as somebody who can be right next to you the whole time building the company with you. Because you're going to lose your shorts in missed details because artists just don't think like that. You need somebody who's a project manager. You don't need that person. So, And, and I also don't think you need the artist. Uh, I don't think you need an entrepreneur-minded person right now. I think once you get past two, three million, you can bring them on. But you've got so much easy growth ahead of you mm -hmm. that you're going to be great. What, what you might want to do, though, pretty quickly with that money that you're not going to spend and share with the owner anymore is you might want to bring on a salesperson and a customer relations person, somebody who can get to know the customers, stay in touch with them, make sure they know about products that you offer. Uh, I would offer that person say, gosh, you know, offer them $40,000 a year plus, uh, uh, a five to seven percent commission on anything that they sell. And that person is just going to be always buying people lunch, maybe always calling them saying, hey, you know, how did, did you like the video? Are you guys interested in doing the 10 video uh, contract? How do you want to pay for that? You know, they're going to be closing deals for you. That that's going to move the company because then it's going to also it's going to mean you don't have to be in sales as much. I mean, a salesperson will build your freaking company. You're going to feel the surge move back, and you only need one. You don't, you don't, right now, where you're at, you don't need any more. Ray, I, I do this. In fact, just talking to you, I, I, you know, you're not looking for investors. I would invest. I really would. I would say, <laughs> look, Ray, for 50% of the company, I mean, gosh, 50% of the company, I'd give you 300 grand. 
then you could pay off your guy really quick. You and your family would have enough to eat on for a very long time. You have zero risk at that point. You and I would meet once every two weeks for an hour to see how things are going. And I would be your marketing arm and help you with all that stuff, help you create that stuff. I know that I'd make money. I know I would. I can just tell by talking to you. Uh, I would. Here's the other thing. I would never take that deal from me, ever, because you're, you're, you're going to be making way more than that. Why do you want to be stuck to Donald Miller? Don't do that. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you advice on both. I'm saying I'll buy half the company, and then the, the business made simple coaching me is saying, don't, what are you talking about? This fool is ripping you off. So I think, you got, I think you're in a really good spot. Yeah, I was unsure. You know, I, I'm essentially running the company anyway, and yep. that's why I keep telling myself over and over and again. Not, it's and not going to cost like, you anything that it hasn't already cost you the past several years because all you're going to you're going to pay a little bit more to pay this uh, this owner off sooner. He he doesn't want the company. He knows he's no. been making money for doing very little. For he's already got his payment, and he and and the guy is a solid guy because he's given you a great deal. The other thing is he's got to measure out. Okay, if I charge Ray. $200,000, Ray's going to figure out really quickly that he doesn't need my name. He can go start another company as soon as the non-compete expires. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what he's going to do. Yep. So then he can't sell the company pretty much to anybody. So you guys are, it's a win-win all the way around. And then I, you know, as you're building it, I would build it to sell it. Even if you never sell it, I would build it to sell it. Uh, you know, so I'd build it and say, Look, five years from now, I want the valuation of this company to be $2.5 million, and I'm going to find some other production company that will buy my book of business and my trademarked deliverables and the name of my company because they know they can turn around over the next five years and make $5 million off, off what I'm selling them for two point five. And then I'd go do whatever you want to do. Buy a boat and sail around the world, Ray. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great to me. <laughs> Ray, Ray, what what stood out to you in today's coaching conversation? I and mean, what are you going to take away and say this was worth a lot? I, I tell you, it was just the general sense that um, you know the decisions that I already felt very confident about were the correct ones. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the times we can get stuck in our own echo chamber. I think yeah. really trying to reason out whether or not this is something we want to hear, or if it is indeed true. Some of that imposter syndrome could creep in. As I said, you know, I've been running this company essentially for over a year now too. So there's not really essentially anything that's going to change. But at the same time, I'm still thinking, you know, never bought a company before. What's this going to be like? Um, so. You know, I think just as a general sense, it's just that reinforcement of the confidence that I think I already had. All right, Ray. I'm grateful to talk to you. I'm grateful to talk to you. And I'm, I, I love the position that you're in. Probably, I mean, just couldn't be happening to a better guy, it sounds like. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, this is wonderful advice. It's exactly what I was looking for at this time. So thank you. All right. Make sure your, your partner doesn't hear this podcast until you've already bought the company. For, for <laughs> sounds <grand>. good. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. <laughs> I'm excited for Ray, I, and I meant that. I would, I meant that I would, uh, I would invest. I mean, I would give the guy three hundred grand uh, to own half that company, and I would talk to him every week. And you know what? We would grow that company. We'd grow it well past a million. We'd grow one point two, one point four million. I'd get my three hundred grand back in the first uh, three years, four years, and then after that, it's just pure profit uh, for me. But. Ray shouldn't take that deal. <laughs> See, I, mean, I get myself in trouble. Ray shouldn't take that deal because he can make all that money for himself. Uh, now, I think I would offer value. I really do. I think you know he would learn from me a lot about marketing, a lot about sales funnels, a lot about you know I could probably get on the phone with a client every once in a while, 
and um, and you know help him close the deal. I think I would be worth the money, but Ray doesn't need me to do that. And uh, I really am a fan of just owning it, own as much of it as you can. Uh, should you buy the company? Should you offer to buy the company? Should you start a company? You know, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is a bit of a checklist of things you need to think about before you uh, buy the business. The first thing that you want to think about is how much is it actually worth, right? And so that's going to be a valuation question. Usually it is about, you know, six to 12 times EBITDA, earnings before interest, debt, taxes, and assets. You know, basically bottom line profit. Think bottom line profit, not including assets. It is worth a multiple of that. Certain things make multiples go up. Certain things make multiples go down. If the business is heavily dependent on the name of the person you are buying it from, and you're not going to be able to use that name anymore, that multiple goes down dramatically. I mean, it's like a 2X. You know, but if it's a name that's got a great brand name, uh, it's got a book of business. And what I mean by that are 250 clients who are just used to doing business with you. Maybe you got a retail shop that's in a great location and people drive by and there's a subscription service that, you know, people uh, you know, pay you every month and they don't care who owns the business. They won't even know that it changed hands. Multiple is going to be higher. It's going to be six, eight uh, times what your EBITDA is. And then uh, the highest of the high would be a software high profit company that people pay a subscription in order to use your service. That's going to be the highest because it's the easiest to keep going. It's the easiest to scale. All right, so now you got to find out what the value of the company is, and then what you're going to do is you're going to offer something that really is the best possible thing for you on that company. And you know, there are people who love their company, and they love you, and they may give you a great deal. And I wouldn't be afraid to go in and say, look, I know your company is worth $100,000. I want to give you sixty-five. dollars Well, you know, what is that, that excess, you know, that $35,000? Why would they give up $35,000? Several reasons. One is they don't have to put the company on the market. Uh, two is they don't have to answer all sorts of questions about how the company works and where the inventory is and what's expired, what's not expired, and what comes with it, what doesn't. They don't have to get their ducks in a row to sell to you. That's worth it, man. That's a good, that's a good value. So you, know, you don't want to think you're not going to offer the value. The company offer much less because they get a benefit from selling to you. Then there's all sorts of ways to finance that. You can get a bank loan. You can get outside investors, but I'd try to avoid it if you possibly can. You know, all those sorts of things. That's the first thing. What's it worth? The next question you want to ask in the what's it worth category is, could I start a company from the ground up cheaper and make just as much money? Why am I buying this company? So if there's not a book of business, uh, if there's not assets that come with the company that you don't ha- that you would have to buy elsewhere... Start your own company. Literally, you, you you print off a piece of paper, you fill it out, you send it to the government. You got a company, so you're not going to pay somebody a hundred thousand dollars so you can print off a piece of paper and own a company that has made them money when there's no book of business and there's no assets. You know, there's no tools that you would you would inherit. So you have to ask yourself that. And if you can do it cheaper and it doesn't cost you anything and you don't have a non compete, do it. Don't buy that company. You're just all you're buying is security that's invisible and. Vapid doesn't mean anything to you. 
But if all that other stuff is true, then you're going to buy the company. Okay, so the next thing that you want to do, that's phase one. Do I do or do I not buy the company and what do I offer or do I start my own company? Phase two is now that I've decided to buy this company, what am I going to do with it? And what you're going to do with it is you're going to grow it. And so you need to, you, now you've got to pay back the money that you bought the company for plus continue to make money, period. So the idea is that you won't make a profit for three, four, five years, depending on how much that you bought the company for. So in order to make a profit and eat, you've got to grow this company. You only want to buy a company that you have the chance to maybe double the money on because now you can pay back the owner and you can make just as much money as they're making. And then when you're done paying them back, your money suddenly doubles. You're looking for those opportunities. What I shared with Ray was if you don't have a clear offering of deliverables, right, that's a chance to make more money. If you don't have a sales funnel, that's a very uh, a good website with a lead generator that collects email addresses. If you don't have one of those, all you do is you know buy the company or before you buy the company, attend a, a story brand marketing workshop and we'll help you create one. That is a killer moneymaker for you. That's going to grow your company. And then is there an opportunity to, to bring on a sales representative that can actually surge this company forward and pay them a low base salary plus a commission on sales? That would be phase two is taking over the company, but having a strategic plan to grow this company as though you were going to sell it five years from now. Why do I say build the company as though you're going to sell it? Because when you build a company as though you're going to sell it, you're paying enormous amount of attention to value. You're paying attention to how the company is structured, organized in such a way that an outside buyer would come in and say, I see the value. Otherwise, you're going to be running you know, your company out of a junk drawer and receipts and gum wrappers with things written on it. You don't want any of that. You want to professionalize uh, this company. You're looking for a diamond in a rough. If we're flipping houses, we're looking for a great up-and-coming neighborhood with a bad kitchen and a bad bathroom that I can come in and put some tile and countertops in, paint the place, and suddenly you know, put a new front porch on it, wait four years while the neighborhood turns, and double my money. You want to think of your company as the same way. Can I make more money? Can I grow this? Has the owner been holding it back? That's what you're looking for. And if you find yourself in that situation, buy the company. By the company. You know, the rest of the stuff we can get into is, you know, how you're going to finance this. Uh, hopefully, you know, I would structure the deal where you're paying the person back out of the company money. The second thing would be to go get a loan so that, you know, let's say you, you're going to buy it for 100 grand. You go get a loan for 100 grand, you can pay it off over 15 years, doesn't affect your cash flow. That's the only benefit to that is, it, is, is you get a little bit better cash flow if you go get a loan. I'm a fan of just let's get that out of the way that we don't have to pay the interest on all that stuff. And, and God knows it's terrifying if the bank starts calling you and you don't have the money. Venture capital, private equity. Uh, I think there are some places where that's a really good deal, but most of the time they own you. You know, if we're talking about a bigger deal and venture capital is getting involved, here's what happens in deals that venture capital gets involved with or private equity. What they do is they say, look, you know, we're going to buy the company. You need to grow by 16% per year or we're going to take more equity. For instance, we're going to give you a million dollars for 25% of the company, but if you don't grow by 16% per year, we're going to take an additional 5% every year that you don't do that. And so what are they hoping for? They're hoping that you grow by 14%. Per year, so they own five percent more of the company. That that makes their deal better. Not only that, you're so stressed because you got to grow the company by sixteen percent. God forbid there would be a global pandemic in the midst of that, and now you're giving away the company. 
You don't want to be messing with that. You don't want your motives to be making money for the investors. You want your motives to be providing value for the customer. That's how you grow a company without all that stress. You want to watch out for private equity and venture capital. Ray ought to do it. He ought to do it. Uh, I think uh, we'll have him back on the show, see if he did do it, and and maybe give him some marketing advice on how to make that company worth a lot more money. Be a fun story to keep up with, wouldn't it? Well, hopefully you're going to decide to do it as well. If everything looks good, if everything that we talked about looks good, go to your boss and say, I want to buy this business. You don't seem interested anymore. I'd like to buy it from you. Or if they've come to you, maybe this is why you say yes, because you listen to this podcast. Or there's plenty of stuff in here regarding starting a new company as well. You want to think uh, the exact same way. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week. 